Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and no matter what brought you here, you are here and it's an honor and privilege. Whether this is your first episode or you've been here for 91 or so episodes, thank you so much for taking your time and your energy to be a part of this conversation that we are having here at the Color and Chaos Podcast. And so whether you came here through YouTube, through iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, or Google, no matter where you are at, it's an honor that you are here. But Color and Chaos, honestly, is just a cry that in each of our day, in our weeks, in our months, in our lifetimes, we will go through many, 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 many situations and scenarios that make us uncomfortable, things that challenge us, things that threaten us. But instead of running away from that which challenges us or makes us uncomfortable, this podcast is a cry that I know in my life I can see that it's in the moments of challenge, of chaos, of difficulty, that those are the times that I have grown as a person, not only in understanding more about myself, but also, and more importantly, I've learned through those chaoses that there is a color when we, instead of looking on our own strength or our own ability to make it through the chaoses, that we look to our creator, savior, and sustainer and look to him and him alone and say, Lord, help me see a color in this chaos because at the end of the day, this is not here for my destruction, but this is here for my growth. And Lord, through this, I can not only learn more about myself, but I can learn more about you. And so that's what this podcast stands for. It stands for the idea that there is color in the chaos when we stop looking to ourselves and we start leaning on our creator, savior, and sustainer. And so I am honored every single week that I do this episode. I am honored just to think about every single person that will come across this episode, whether it be the week that I release it or maybe even like months and years down the road. But no matter where you are at today, it is an honor for me to pray for you. Whether all of this is new or this is very familiar to you, no matter where you're at, it's an honor to pray for you. So I just want to do that real quick, and then we will jump in today's episode. And my heart and my prayer is that it will meet you in a real and relevant way. So here, let me just pray real quick, and then we'll enter into this episode. All right. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this platform. And more specifically, Lord, I thank you for the person, the heartbeat behind the ears that are listening and watching this right now. The, the, the heartbeat behind the person that has those thoughts and that those emotions that you know so well. And Lord, even though I may not know the person that is listening or watching this, Lord, you do. And Lord, I just pray that you somehow use my words, my, my, my feeble words on my own, and that you bring a power to them through your strength and your ability and through your spirit that is at work within my life. Lord, I pray that that same spirit, your same spirit that is at work within my life will be at work in the life of those that are listening or watching this, whether they know you as Lord or they don't, whether they once professed your name, Jesus, or, and now they don't, or maybe they are followers and faithful followers of you. No matter where they're at, Lord, I just pray that you overwhelm them with the spirit of God and help them live the life that you've called them to live through surrender, through obedience, and through a joy and a peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus, we look to you and we thank you that you care and that you are here. We need you, Jesus. Move through me and move through us. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Have you ever noticed that we as people can be exposed to truths, but it just not hit the heart the same way as if we see it in everyday life? 
I know that stories have weight. Stories have power. And I know, at least for me, they definitely do. I Again, I could, I could go on Instagram or Facebook or go on the internet or, or speak to a friend and hear much truths. But it, it's just sometimes it doesn't have the same weight as if I see it just playing out and being like, oh my gosh, like this truth, I can see it happening. I, I see this truth playing out on its own. Uh, you know, nobody had to try to force this scenario to happen in order to prove a point or to manipulate me into believing something. But it's just like I, I see a natural law at work and it, and it helps awaken me to this truth that I was exposed to. I don't know if you ever have that thought of just like, man, you know, sometimes I, I, I can hear something a thousand times, but it takes just that one time of seeing it play out that it really makes a weight and a difference. As a student pastor, sometimes it can get a little difficult to be able to have some time just to kind of breathe on a Sunday. Sunday could be very jam-packed from morning basically to evening. And for me specifically, there's usually two services in the morning. There's a little window of time. And then later on in the evening, I'm able to minister to the students that that I that are a part of my group. And so so I get that little window of time, and one of the things that I like to do within that window is either take a nap or go somewhere and just kind of be alone for a little bit. Have some time and think and to pray and to be alone, maybe read a book, sit out by the river. And so this last Sunday, I had an opportunity to do that, and it was really awesome. So I drove a couple miles down to a spot where I discovered in one of my latest adventures out just driving around. I drove out to this spot and I was going to sit by the river here in the woods where I'm at in this area. And so as I parked the car and I'm walking to the spot in the woods to sit by the river, I get this text and the text is saying, hey, pray for, and they name the person, pray for this person. Um, their dad isn't doing so well. And so I, I, I recognize the person as somebody that I went to school with. And so I, I'm like, wow, you know, I haven't thought about this person or, you know, spoke to this person in a long time. I want to see what, what, what's going on. Maybe their Facebook or social media has a little bit more information. And so as I'm walking to the spot to go sit out, I go on the person's Facebook and I'm reading the prayer request. So the person's reaching out and the first sentence basically just says, hey, if anybody can just send good prayers, uh, good vibes, and, and I think it said good juju. Now, I don't know what Juju is, but I, I get the idea. The, the whole idea, she was just saying, like, look, if you don't pray, just, you know, do something. Like, I'm in, I'm in desperate need right now, and, and my dad's not doing so well. So I totally understand. And, and I haven't really spoken to this person in a, in a very long time, so I, I don't really know anything else that, that's going on in their life. But, you know, I stop right there. I'm just praying for her dad, and I'm saying, Lord, you know, just please just have your will and way in this situation. Lord, we pray for healing. Lord, this is rough. This is difficult. This is her dad. But just please be in this situation. And Lord, somehow get glory from this. Somehow draw us all closer to you through this. And so I'm thinking about that whole idea of, of good vibes and good prayers and good juju. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, you know, they're, they're so strange that regardless of what you believe or, or where you're at with your walk with the Lord, we as humans, we have this tendency, and I see this so often, and, and, and you probably have seen this as well, or you may have felt this as well, but there's something within us when we are desperate, when we are desperate and we are broken and we are hurting, we will cry out for prayer. We will cry out for prayer. We will cry out to God. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. 
you know, whether or not you believe that you were created and you were created with a purpose and that creator has a name, no matter where you're at in your belief spectrum, it's just so crazy, isn't it? That 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 even the most hardcore non-believer or atheist could say, you know what, just hey, can, could you pray for me if you believe in prayer? It's just something within us that cries out in the chaos, right? So I'm walking to the spot in the woods and I notice that there's a lot of overgrowth. So I'm like kind of dis- discouraged. I'm like, oh man, you know, I, I don't know if I really want to sit here. I can't really see the river. And, you know, I'm just going to kind of be sitting like just uh, like in a random trail. And so I, I, I walk around. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can look for another spot to sit. But then all the trail leads me back to where I was. So I kind of look around and say, well, is there a way that I could get down to the river so I could sit down there? All along, I'm still thinking about this whole idea how in the chaos, in the hurt, that those are the moments that we cry out to our God. And I see that there's like this little opening and there's like this water drainage pipe that is that is kind of nearby. And I don't really have to walk in like super tall grass um, to get to this area. It's, it's pretty accessible. So so I decide, okay, I'm just going to kind of walk a little bit in this overgrowth and, and I have a camping chair with me. I always try to carry a camping chair especially when you go sit out somewhere. This is really comfortable. But anyway, so I had the camping chair on me, and I look at the water drainage pipe, and I say, you know what? I, I'm going to try to make do with what I got. You know, I'm going to be creative with, with where I sit today. So I pull out my camping chair. I sit it down on this water drainage pipe. Not really the most ideal, pretty place to sit, um, but at the end of the day, it, it, it served its job. I put the chair down. I sat in it. It didn't really rock much, so I was like, okay, great. I, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So I'm sitting on top of this water drainage pipe, and I find my eyes keep going to the pipe that's below me. So I'm looking at the river. I'm looking at the trees. I'm hearing the birds. I'm hearing the, you know, whatever animals are in the area, and then I'm, I'm, I'm also just continuing looking down to this water drainage pipe. And I don't know why my eyes kept going to it. I guess it's like the little kid within me is always just kind of fascinated by tunnels and, and all this stuff, you know. And so I guess my eyes just kept going to there. But as I was sitting there, my eyes went to this little fish, a little, little fish that, that was kind of stuck in between the process of the water drainage pipe and the river that was right in front of it. And so I see this little fish. It, it kind of catches a little bit of current. And it's kind of flowing towards the the river, but then it just stops. It stops like right in the middle of the pipe. And I have a video here, but I, I took a video of the of the fish and it's just stuck. It's not really moving. Now I see at different times as I got there that the, the fish was flapping its its tail a little bit to try to, you know, just kind of catch a little bit of momentum to continue carrying itself down the pipe. But I noticed for about 30 minutes that this fish just kind of stopped where it was. And I can see from my perspective, it was still sustaining life. It was just like a little sliver of water that it was living off of. The humanity of me started to think like, oh my gosh, like if this fish doesn't get to the river, it's gonna die. Either it's gonna die here because it doesn't have enough water or an animal is gonna come by or a bird and just gobble it up. So I'm sitting up here looking at this fish And I'm just trying to think, okay, what can I do to encourage this fish to continue going its way? Like the fish had what it needed to continue going. All it needed to do was to flap its tail, continue kind of jumping, and it it would eventually get its way down to the river. Because I saw the progress that it already made. I, I knew that it could do it. And I knew that the water that it had was enough for it to continue going on. 
Like he, he could prosper if only he would just flap his tail. And so I'm sitting up there and I start to think, okay, is there like a rock or something I can throw to maybe just get the, the fish's attention? You know, maybe the vibration on the water will get the fish's attention that like, hey, like you want to keep moving, buddy, keep moving. So I look around and I look for like a pebble. I, I look for like a rock that I can like kind of just toss near it the, to, to make it start saying, okay, you know, this is not the safest place to just make a home. And I look around, I didn't really see anything. And I started to think, okay, all right, if the fish doesn't move, I'm going to have to come down there myself and get the fish. And I'm going to have to, to put the fish in the water. So I start to think of this fish as like, man, this fish reminds me a lot of myself. There are so many times in my life that I know that all it takes is a little bit of momentum to get myself out of this little slump that I'm in. But there's just so much complacency. There's so many excuses. And there's just so much just telling me, hey, you know what? Why, why don't you just get comfortable where you're at and make this place your home? But then I start to see this fish, like something woke this fish up. It was like in the little fish heart that it had, it started flopping around. And I started taking a video around this time, and I'll play it here now. But as you can see in this video, the fish really isn't doing much, but you can see that it's so close. It's so close. And I'm so excited for the fish because no longer is it going to make a home here by the pipe. But whatever it was that awoken within this fish, the fish had enough strength to flap its tail a couple more times and to make it into the water. This verse kind of came to my mind as I was trying to just kind of think about what I just witnessed. And it's John chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. And within this passage, you see Jesus approach a Samaritan woman. And there is a reason why this Samaritan woman was alone at a well getting water at this time of day. She was trying to avoid people. She was trying to avoid ridicule. She was trying to avoid gossip. But here's Jesus at the well with this woman, and this is what Jesus says in John chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. He says this, Jesus replies, anyone who drinks this water will become thirsty again, but those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman replied, give me this water, then I will never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come back here. Lord, please give us this water so that we don't have to keep settling for the water drainage pipe when there's an abundant river right in front of us. But that complacency and that just lack of motivation and that laziness is just giving us that lie of just like, oh, well, you can make this your home. And as I was thinking about that fish and thinking about the parallels between that fish and us, I just couldn't help but think that there was like 30 minutes. There was a long time that that fish was just sitting there. It wasn't doing anything. And I started to think that, okay, maybe this, this fish has bought into the lie that, you know, this is okay. That is not as bad as it seems. And, and you know, I can make this better than what it is. And I noticed that the fish was on its side, and from its perspective, it couldn't see the abundant waters right behind it. So often, we spend our lives, our days, making this world, which is no different than a water drainage pipe, our home. I, I, I love music, and one of my favorite songs is by the artist P.O.D., and the artist on its second full-length studio album, which is called Satellite. On the album, there's a track called Ghetto, 
And I love the song because the whole song, the singer is saying, you know, I, I believe that we believe in love. I believe that we believe in love. And he keeps talking on and saying like, look, yes, this world is broken. This world is broken. But I think we all can agree within this brokenness that we agree, that, that we believe that there is something called love. And love is way more than anything here. The song is just builds up to this point, and this is what the singer says. The singer just yells out, this world is a ghetto. This world is a ghetto. This whole world. There is beautiful things here, but there are so much broken things. But so often, we try to ignore the brokenness because, okay, well, that brokenness threatens my whole idea that this world is my home. And, you know, I don't want to be uncomfortable and I'm trying to make this bubble of comfortability so that I don't have to worry about the chaos knocking on my door and even within my own heart. And so I'm just going to say like, oh, okay, like everything is fine. Everything is fine. But still, if we hold on to that lie that everything is fine, then we will be no different than that fish that was saying, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. I got enough water. I got enough water to live. At the end of the day, we were not made to just survive we were made to thrive. And as, as cliche as that sounds, there is so much truth to that. That fish wasn't made for the water drainage tank. It was made for the river. And you and me, we were not made for this world. We were made to be in the presence of our creator, savior, and sustainer. But the thing that separates us from our creator, savior, sustainer, is our rebellion, our our sin, our brokenness. What was crazy is that when the fish started to seem that it was settling for less than its potential, within me, I, I gravitated towards a rock to try to startle it, to remind itself of the truth. And likewise, we have a creator, savior, and sustainer that allows the chaos, allows the startling moments of our life the things that we go through, that we cry out, God, 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 the the things that we go through, that we cry out, look, okay, look, okay, Lord, I need you. I need you. Lord, help me. Those moments that we literally cry out, oh my God, those chaoses, those chaoses isn't to harm us. I wasn't going to throw a pebble to kill the fish. I didn't want the fish to die. I wanted the fish to live but I wanted to throw a pebble to remind the fish that this is not as safe as you think it is. This is not where you should be calling home and this is not what you should be settling for. And likewise, we have a creator who allows chaos in order for us to be awakened to the reality that for one, this is not our home, but that we were made for so much more, but yet so often we settle for so much less. And just like Jesus to that woman at the well, he was saying, look, I know you are okay with coming out here at a certain time of day in order to avoid all of the ridicule based on some of the bad decisions that you've made. But at the end of the day, look, what if I could tell you that you don't have to ever come back to this well ever again, but I can give you a water and that water will be the abundance that you know that you lack within you. And the woman didn't argue or start to debate Jesus of saying why the water that she was settling for was better. She had so much of a need and a hunger and a thirst and a brokenness within her. She recognized the brokenness so much that she said, you know what? If I can avoid settling for this, 
for what you are offering, I will do that in a heartbeat. And she says, Lord, you know, sir, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again and I won't have to come back here. So often in our lives, you and me both, we settle for little stagnant pools when our God offers an abundant ocean. Maybe the startling moments of those chaoses and hardship is a reminder that this is not our home and we were made for so much more. In saying all this, I wanted to share this dream that I had the other day. And I don't really remember much about this dream. And to be honest, when I woke up, I didn't even like write down this dream or anything. But it was later on in the day that I was reminded that I had this dream. And so I want to share this dream. And there's something here in this dream that I wanted to share with you that goes along with what we're talking about. So in my dream, I was in an open ocean and I was in a raft. And I say it was a raft, but it was like a boat. It had a motor. I I was well equipped for whatever you know, trip I was going on. I had this like GPS radar that, you know, helped me see what was ahead. And I had a destination in mind. And so I'm driving in this, this raft boat and I see on the radar that in front of me, there's this massive storm. This is a massive storm. And my, my personality is one that, okay, there's an obstacle, but maybe we can still do this anyway. And so even in my dream, I was having one of those moments of saying, you know what, I think I can make it through this storm. But then again, I, I, I stop, I have a moment of so, sobriety, and I was like, wait a minute, hold, hold up a second, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Look at the radar again. So I look at the radar again, and I notice that, again, it is a massive storm. I can't go around this storm. I have to go through this storm if I want to get to my destination. But I know that if I try to go through this storm in open water, open, open ocean, then I know that I will die. I know enough about water, I know enough about the ocean to know that whatever I have, as, as well equipped as I feel like I am, I don't have what it takes to make it through this storm, to make it to the other side. And so immediately I start thinking, okay, not only will I die if I continue going forward into this storm, but that this storm is coming towards me. And so in order for me to not die, I need to get to a, some type of land or shelter to make it out of this storm. So to my right, I see this landmass, and I don't really think much about it. I just see that it's a cliff. I don't have anywhere I can dock my boat. I don't have anywhere that I can anchor my boat or anything. I just know that I have to get my boat close enough to this cliff, and I have to climb up this cliff to make it into the land. And so I get on the rocks, I start climbing up the rocks, and I leave my boat behind. And at that moment, I wasn't really worried about my boat anymore. I had, for some reason, this, this I don't know, this faith that even if I needed my boat down the road after this storm has passed, that somehow the Lord would provide a boat. And so I'm climbing up these rocks, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see the top of, of this landmass, and I started to realize, okay, wait a minute, this is like a country. Like, you know, there is a railing here, there is street lamps, like there is like pavement. And so, okay, if I can just cross over this railing, I can make it into this country and I'll be safe. So as soon as I crawl into the country, I go over the railing, off the cliff, into the land. This man approaches me from the shadows and he comes to me and says, hey, and immediately I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like this is it. Like I'm as good as dead. But the man says, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, 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 not, I'm not here to hurt you or anything like that. Follow me. I'm on your side. I'm going to lead you to where you need to go. And so I have nothing. I, I have no option at this point. I can't tell the man no. 
And the only thing I could tell him is yes. If I tell the man no, I don't know what will happen. But I know enough to know, okay, you know what? I'm going to trust this man to lead me to where I need to go in order for me not to get abducted, captured, or killed. Because I'm a foreigner to this land. I'm not a native. And so I'm, I'm following this man through this country at this point, and I started to observe that this is in a very, uh, it's a very oppressive regime. And, and I know that word just stood out to me in the dream, and, and I start to realize, like, wait a minute, there's a lot of oppression going on here. So I start to see things that are happening and the way that people were being treated and everything. I'm like, wow, this is really bad. I start to hear a loudspeaker all around me of this leader that was just pumping out this, this narrative saying, like, you know, this is basically pro- propaganda. And so I'm following this leader, and I, I, everything within me just sensed that this leader wasn't just leading flippantly but he was leading very intentionally. So the path that we were going wasn't just a like, oh, willy-nilly, let's just go on this path. But it was like, no, no, no. I have thought this path through in order to ensure our safety. And so I'm following this man through this path and I go through the city square and it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And this man leads me to this, like it's almost like a doctor's office. And I just seeing all this oppression around me. And I start to notice that people are looking at me a little different. Like, wait, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. But they see the man that I'm with and they're saying, you know what? Okay, okay, okay. You're with this man. You're fine. It was almost like I had a pass. Like I had a mask on that, that, that took away people's doubts of who I was or whatever it was. So I'm following this man. I go through this doctor office. I go through another office, another office, another office. And all I kept thinking was for one, if I wasn't with, the, with this man, I would be dead. I would be dead. There's no question about it now. All the injustice that I'm seeing, I would be dead by now. So this man not only saved my life, but two, that this man, I wouldn't be able to get as far as I am within this this country or the underbelly of this country if it wasn't for this man. And so I go through door after door after door after door. I'm following after this man. This man has the every credential that he needs in order to make it through each checkpoint that we go to. So we eventually get to this room and there's a group of people within this room. I don't really remember much, but I remember enough to know that he closes the door behind us and everybody just has this sigh of relief. Everybody just had this moment where like, oh, okay, we can be ourselves and we can truly speak like, you know, freely to one another and we don't have to hide behind something. We're safe. We're safe. We're safe. All that to say is that I, I remember that dream a, a night after I had the dream and I was just thinking about that and just thinking, you know what, God, I have no idea what you have planned for my life down the road. I don't know the crazy places that you will call me to. And I don't know what 2030 is going to hold. I don't even know what tomorrow is going to hold. And likewise, heavy heart, you don't know. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But at the end of the day, what we do know is that Ephesians 3.20, our God is able to do immeasurably more than anything we ask or imagine. May we not just settle for what today holds. May May we not just settle for where we are in our even environment today. But we have a God that wants to do so much more with us. He has an abundant life waiting, but we will never get to that abundant life if we just settle for the little drainage pipes of this life and of, of the comforts of this life. We will miss out on the adventure that the Lord has planned. I don't know what that dream was about. I don't know if the Lord was putting on my heart something to come down the road of some crazy stuff. I don't know what it was. And it honestly doesn't matter. What does matter, though, is the application. The application is is that I don't trust in my boat. 
I don't trust in my resources, but I trust in the man that is leading me through whatever chaos I go through, whether it's a storm or whether it's, it's a being in an oppressive environment, heavy heart, you were made with a plan and purpose that goes far beyond anything this world can offer. May we not curse God at the pebbles that get thrown and startle us, but may we say, God, help me see what you want me to see because I don't want to stay stuck. I don't want to stay stuck, God, and I know you don't want me to stay stuck. You love me so much to do whatever it takes to get my attention, to move my feet in the way that it needs to move in order to be who you've created me to be. That there is a life and life abundantly, but it's not found in the thief that still kills and destroy and the thief that gives us that lie that we are okay with less than what God has planned. We have a God that not only loves us enough to allow chaos, the Lord doesn't cause the chaos. Our God is, is not the God and author of chaos and confusion. That's the enemy. But our God allows chaos in order for his purposes to be made done within the hearts of his people. And that includes you and me. But not only does our God allow chaos, he gets off of his throne and he steps into the chaos. And we know that our God does this through Jesus he got off of his throne, came into the mess of the human experience, lived the life that we couldn't live and died the death that we deserve. And all of your sin, my sin was put onto him. And in that moment, he took all that would separate you and me from our creator, savior, sustainer. And not only that, but he died, but he overcame that death. So no longer do we have to be defined by our sin and by our death, but we could be defined by our, our righteousness of the Savior who saved us through his perfection. We are not what we have done. We are who has done it all for us. But what it has to happen is a acceptance, a, 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 a saying, you know what? I, I don't want to stay where I'm at. And I'm accepting your offer of the abundant life that you offer. But that doesn't come through me telling you what that abundant life is gonna look like. That happens through surrender, saying, you know what? My life is yours and my body, my talents, my, my everything is yours. Lord, have your will and way in me. So no matter where today finds you, no matter the chaoses and the storms that not only maybe are ahead or the chaoses or storms that find you now, within us all, we have this, this cry that so often we suppress through comfortability, but we have a cry within us that cries out for our creator, savior, sustainer. And our creator has a name. His name is Jesus. John 1, verse 1, I'll end with this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became one of us to live the life that we couldn't live, to die the death that we deserve. May we respond to Jesus today. May we not settle for the drainage ponds, the drainage pipes in our lives. Is there any areas of compromise that maybe you have been settling for, that we have been settling for? Today is the day that the Lord has made for us to not only rejoice and be glad that Lord, you've given me another day. Every breath is a chance to respond to you, Lord. But every day is an opportunity for us to be able to say, okay, God, forgive me. I know, I know that I lack, but God, you don't lack. My life is yours. My life is yours. Lord, help me be who you've created me to be. 
I'm yours. Lord, I have a confidence through Jesus. I don't have a confidence through my own ability. But Lord, I know that I can grieve the spirit that you give me. And you, I can grieve what you want to do within me because I start to try to take those control and take those reins back over. At the end of the day, may we have a heart that cries out to our creator saying, you know what, Lord, you are the potter. I am the clay. And like clay, sometimes when it sits still and becomes hardened, Lord, I know that hardened clay sometimes needs to be broken and, and, and just watered down in order for, the, for it to be soft and moldable and sensitive to the potter's touch. Heavy heart, you are valuable. Your life has meaning, but we can never find that value and meaning settling for the drainage pipes of this world. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you so much. Thank you so much that you care more about our heart than you care about our comfort. Jesus, please forgive us for our, our, just, our, our, our habits and our vices and our complacencies and our idolatry of comfort. Lord, this is not our home. And in the season of COVID and unrest, Lord, this is a perfect season to remind ourselves that, Lord, we were created for an abundant river, not for this shallow, stagnant pool. So Jesus, please move in our hearts. Break our heart for what breaks yours. Lord, give us a sensitivity towards you and towards your word and towards people that not only do we respond to your love, but that we accept your love in order for us to not only know love, but reflect that love to others. Jesus, I thank you for allowing a fish to show me just how, how just feeble I am on my own. But Lord, thank you for giving me the strength through the spirit of God. Thank you for giving us the, the, the strength through the spirit of God in order for us to not stay where we are, but to do whatever it takes to fight for the abundant life that you offer so freely. So Jesus, whatever in our life that we need to get rid of that has been preventing us from the abundant life that you have been offering, Lord, please give us wisdom. Give us discernment. Give us a broken heart. Please help us respond to you, Lord. Fill us with your fullness. And Lord, take away all of the residue of ourselves. Lord, we can be so deceived by our emotions, by our desires. But Lord, take away those emotions and desires if it doesn't line up with your plan and purpose for our life. Jesus, please use us. Remind us of your love. Remind us of your joy. Remind us of your faithfulness and help us respond today. Jesus, we need you. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen, amen, amen. Heavy heart, you are not alone. You are not alone. Every breath is a chance for us to respond to God. And I have no idea. You have no idea. We have no idea what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds today and tomorrow and yesterday. You are not alone. You were created with a plan and purpose that goes far beyond this world. And I'm so excited to be a part of this journey together with you. And so if this episode has blessed you, feel free to share it. Every rating or review that you give on however you, you come across this podcast, it really does help this out so much. So again, if this has blessed you, please do whatever you can in order to, to help this expand. At the end of the day, if you see anything good within me, it's not me. It is our God that could do abundantly more within you than anything you think. I am a testament of his love, mercy, faithfulness, and forgiveness. And the same God that is working in my life 
can work in yours as well. So have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Lord willing, I'll talk to you next week. I'll see you later.